on this week's episode of The Mom Mike. Why did I think shopping for clothes was the most important thing? How can I utilize this income and this money that I'm making to actually generate passive income? And eventually, when I have millions, if that's something that I inspire to do as far as shopping or traveling or having a beautiful car, then I can do that. Mm -hmm. But in the process of asset accumulation, not really doing that until I reach a certain mark. Hey, mommies. I am your host, Rosens. I am an entrepreneur, a business owner, wife, yoga lover, designer, and a boss. I am a mother of four beautiful babies from nine years old to eight months. But we know that in the beauty of all of our blessings of our children comes challenges. So this community is a safe space where you can come and enjoy the conversation of motherhood, to be safe, to be transparent and authentic about your journey. We will provide you with resources so that you can be empowered on your journey of motherhood. So without further ado, welcome to The Mom Mic, where you always give yourself grace. Hi, mommies. Happy New Year. Oh my God, I'm excited to see 2022. Happy New Year to all the listeners and followers. You guys are amazing. Just thank you for your support the last part of 2021. And I just want to remind you, you can continue to follow our social media at the Facebook um, Instagram, Twitter, leave reviews, make sure that you're connecting in the community to give us feedback on things that you want to hear for 2022. We're excited because we have so much in store. This is like a breath of fresh air because we get to start from day one and we get to decide on the plan and the trajectory that we want to take for the new year. So I'm excited, y'all. So happy new year to all our listeners. I know you guys were busy celebrating and doing things, so we were just excited to have you back, and we were excited about this new episode that's coming up. I want to just inspire you guys that I know many times we have these expectations about how we want the year to go. Just know that you're doing an amazing job as mothers, as women, and that even if there are things that you did not get to accomplish in 2021, that you will do so in 2022. So I want to encourage you because affirmations are my jig, right? Like I wake up in the morning and I start my day with them. So I want to share some affirmations with you to encourage you to start 2022 amazing. So I am an amazing mom, even as I work hard to become a better one. I am capable of amazing things. My dreams and desires matter to me. Motherhood has revealed my strengths. To my children, I am a perfect mom. Taking care of myself is not selfish. It is necessary for me to be a great mother. I am leaving a legacy of love. I find joy in everyday moments of life. I will let go of how I think today is supposed to go and accept how it imperfectly happens. It is okay to ask for help. My home is my safe place. I will laugh with my children today. I will laugh with my friends today. I am grateful for the time I get to spend with my family. I will be present and in the moment when talking to my children, I am more than just a mom. 
and you are. You are more than just a mom. You are a superhero. You are an amazing woman. And just know that as you're starting 2022. So without further ado, I want to jump into today's episode as we are starting to ground our foundation for the new year. Of course, we know there are so many things that we can focus on, such as self-care, such as being healthier, eating healthier. There are so many goals and finances are are always one of the things that is on everyone's list. It offers the capability for us to be free in so many areas. I know there's so many of my moms who, you know, work jobs in corporate, but also inspire to be entrepreneur. So as we start the year off this year, I want to serve you guys well and give you a great foundation on starting with a great financial plan. So today's episode is about what I wish I would have known. Trust me, if I have known some things that I know now, I would probably be a multimillionaire. I know that. So we are going to dive in what I wish I would have knew and how do I secure the bag for 2022? Everybody's talking about securing the bag and what does that mean? You know, being able to be financially free and what does financially freedom mean to you? You can't do it without having a plan. So we have our guest on today who... I admire, I've known her for over 10 years now, and she has continued to grow and thrive in her aspiration and her career and her work and the things that she's doing in the community. She's going to introduce herself and give us, you know, her credentials. I know you guys always look for, you know, how, how are you able to talk about these things? She has her credentials, so we're not worried about that. So we're here and we just want her to come in, provide us some strategies and tools on how we can successfully secure the bag as women, as mothers. And oftentimes we come into the space of whether we're married or whether we have a partner or whether we single can we be financially successful? And we absolutely can with the right tools. So I want to introduce and bring on my beautiful guest today, Ms. T. Weaver. If you can come on and introduce yourself to our beautiful ladies and moms and listeners, tell them who you are and we will dive in and talk about how they could be successful this year to secure the bag. Well, hello, ladies. Um, I'm excited to be here with you today. Thank you, Rhonda, so much for having me. My name is T. Weaver, and I think I'm going to go all the way back to describe (laughs) who I am, like all the way back. So I was raised in a very small town called Hemingway, South Carolina. Um, My background as far as uh, financial education was very little. So growing up in a very small town, a lot of things was not taught to us as we were growing into our being. Um, So I went to the University of South Carolina. uh, And after that, I really had this goal of being a district store manager for Kohl's department stores once I graduated. And let's be clear, that dream came to a halt very, very, very soon once I discovered how tough retail was. Um, I can remember working overnight shifts, working 70 hours a week, and it was tough. So I decided to start looking for a different career path. And I landed upon a a very famous financial institution and I've been with them for 10 years. Um, And throughout those 10 years, I've had the opportunity to just learn so much about the financial institution or financial industry. And even went back to school to get a master's in wealth and trust management. So over the last 10 years, I've learned so much from credit to lending to building wealth. And currently 
what I do in my career is I am a wealth business advisor and I help clients who have a business value of $10 million and more plan for retirement. So in doing so, I would say over the last 10 years, I've gained a wide variety of knowledge to be able to service clients, to help the community. Um, and then outside of my career with the financial institution that I work with, I launched a nonprofit called the Fly Foundation to be able to go back in our communities and teach financial wellness. So that's a little bit about me, a little bit about who I am. I uh, have a beautiful, beautiful niece who is six years old. Her name is Lola, but guess what, guys? She is going on 45. <laughs> um, so I, I love life. I love sharing what I, I know, and I'm excited to be here with you today. Awesome. Thank you, T. We're thankful for having you. Y'all, she has a wealth of knowledge. Like, we're not talking about small numbers here, right? She's had experience. It was experiences with really large numbers. And it just inspires me that she comes back to say, okay, you know, I've had this wealth of experience and knowledge. Now I'm, I'm coming back to, you know, my community, to those where I started with things that I struggled with to teach, you know, to teach better methods and better ways on how to, you know, be financially literate. And we are oftentimes you know, inspired, or we oftentimes pick up our habits through how we were raised. And, you know, we have to consciously change those habits as we look at finances and money. How do you change the mindset around money, you know, as you continue to grow? So T mentioned um, her fly journal, and I want to, we're going to talk about that and how you guys can get access to it to be able to incorporate it into your planning for the year and the years forward. But I want to ask T, because when we were talking initially, we talked about, you know, she brought this up. She was like, oh my God, like, you know, I think about things in the contents of what I wish I would have known. T, without really, you know, not having anything necessarily specific or drawn out, just give a brief, like, five things you wish you would have known financially, you know, when you were in college or high school that you learned later that would have just changed the dynamics of your financial um, portfolio right now. Absolutely. So when I look at the majority of clients that I interact with, a lot of things that my clients have a part of their portfolio is real estate. Mm -hmm. Um, and when you think about real estate in the aspect of building wealth, real estate is one of the ways that you can really build wealth, obtain, you know, obtain wealth and build wealth, but also pass wealth down from generations to generations to come. Absolutely. So when, when I think about the things that I wish I would have known, like when I was in, in college and taking these courses and understanding the different financial things to do, um, understanding how I could have utilized some of the money that I had when I was in college. And it, it was very few. We all know how college life is. But <laughs> it was very few, but you think about those student loans when you get that overage check, exactly. you know, that overage check could have been an investment, you know? Exactly. And that was what I was going to talk on. Like, you know, we got those refund checks and instead of us like rolling it into some type of investment, and it was because we didn't know. We, we just didn't know. Didn't know. Instead of it was rolling it into some type of investment or going to the Russell house for <laughs> extra food, we could have actually took that money and put into some type of real estate right there in Columbia, South Carolina. Right. Um, 
And, and when you think about it in that aspect, just imagine what that real estate or piece of property would have been worth now. Now, absolutely. So I would say the one thing that I wish I would have known back then was the value of real estate or even how to invest in real estate. Um, so that's one of the things. I think the great thing now is that children that are in college or in high school heading into college or leaving out of college, they kind of are aware of that because we have like social media now. Yes. Mm -hmm. So that's a good change as it relates to changing the generational narrative about like real estate and finances and things of that nature. Um, Another thing that I wish I would have known was um, just the credit cards. Let's Mm -hmm. just throw it out there, right? Yes. the, The caution, the horror stories, the being cautious about the usage of credit cards. And I share this with my students. I share this with... Um, individuals that I help outside of my current career is that when I graduated from college, I graduated not only with, you know, student loan debt, but with $10,000 in credit card debt. And that is something I'm completely transparent about because how often do individuals do not know how to use credit card or the credit cards or the proper way to use it. So absolutely, I, I wish I would have known little bit more about credit cards back then and the proper way to use it. Now, of course I do. I use my credit cards for a lot of pretty much everything that I purchase, but my method in using it is every single month I'm paying it off. And right. the reason why I'm using it for pretty much everything I purchase or things as far as like auto draft is so I can get reward points to be able to travel for free, to stay in a hotel for free and really making the dollars that I'm going to spend on a day to day basis work for me. Um So I think it was, you know, understanding how to use credit cards, understanding that maxing out credit cards, um, how it would affect your credit in total. Um, and then also understanding don't get a credit card just to uh, get a discount <laughs> at like Macy's or at some type of retail store. Right. So with that being said, I just feel like those are a couple of things I wish I would have known. Um, and then to add on is investing, mm-hmm. like taking literally taking twenty five dollars every single month and putting it toward whatever stock or that I wanted to choose in the market back then and seeing and understanding the growth that it would had had from 10 years ago to now. And I think when I was in school, it was the period of 2008. It was <laughs> but the, the market crash. The market crash. <laughs> like the market crash. So it was the perfect time to actually purchase you know, some type of stock or or even knowing that this was an option of growing, you know, over time. Um, And what I will add is that we experienced that in 2020 and a lot of people were afraid, a lot of people were scared, but that was the moment if you had understood it to really put money in and just let it sit and Mm -hmm. ride the way. Compound, compounding. Riding it, right, riding it back on up to now is hitting all time, you know, highs. Yes. So just really understanding the concept of real estate, credit cards, how to build credit, understanding the concept of investing in the market and being more fearless in mm-hmm. understanding what you're doing has a broader purpose. So I think if if I knew half of these things... <laughs> 
you know, 15 years ago, I would definitely be as, you know, far advanced than what I am now. So it really inspired me when I thought about it. Like when I thought about like, okay, if if I would have known X, Y, and Z 15 years ago, it would have made me so much further along in my wealth gathering. Yes. What if we go back? What if we <laughs> what if we go back? This information that I have, what if I go back and I teach this? Like and and tell the kids about this and tell them ways that they can create wealth like now. Now, how, absolutely. How would it look 10 years from now, right? So those are a couple of things that, you know, I wish I would have known back then. That's incredible though. So I think so many nuggets, of course, you know, real estate is my jig. That's my, my career. That's what I do every day with the Fred team here, you know, selfish plug. So, you know, I do this every day. And when it, when I had the opportunity and it opened up my eyes to the possibilities of what real estate can do, you know, it's, it's one of the main vehicles that most millionaires actually invest in real estate is one of those things. So it's just amazing at how you learn things that you you just were oblivious to when you were going through school and not really considering those things. Right, right. I know a lot of times, and we'll talk about this too, is, you know, T, if you can kind of speak on this from your experience of clients that you work with, but oftentimes, you know, I hear, you know, a lot of my friends and a lot of people that I network with, you know, some are single mothers, some are married, some are have partners. It just depends on where they are in life. But many times they say that they can't save or they can't create passive income and things like real estate. But I think it all starts with having a plan to be able to do that. So what are some of the basic things that, you know, our listeners can do just to get started with the plan? Mm -hmm. You know, it is challenging, right? So being transparent, let's be transparent and clear. It is challenging where you see that there's things that you possibly want to obtain, but you don't know the path of how to get there. So a couple of things I always advise people to do is really write down, put that plan to paper. Right. So what do you want to achieve this year? What do you mm-hmm. want to accomplish this year? Because when you really write it down, then you can start putting action plans in place on how you want to accomplish it. Now, yes. as it pertains to real estate, the first thing that you have to do, and there's so many different programs you could can go through to purchase your, your very first home. But the first thing, the very, very first thing you have to do is create a budget. So we can sit down and we can do uh, a smart goals, right? Kind of what you want to achieve and make it, you know, very specific on what you want to achieve. But when you're thinking about purchasing an asset of such a large caliber, as far as a home mm-hmm. and understanding that that asset will grow over time to do what? Create wealth. The first thing I always tell people to do is to create a budget. And Rhonda, it's so funny because I am sitting here studying (laughs) for the CFP and I was like, okay, really get focused, go in it. March 15th is your final date that you have to take it. And a lot of stuff that I'm sharing with you today is exactly what the CFP guidelines are. Before you can build on goals or establish plans, we have to really, as advisors, sit down and understand what is your budget? Yes. And a lot of people don't understand how budgeting works, but it is very simple. 
you really just take the assets that you have coming in and that's your income. So what is what money are you making and bringing in your household? Yes. And you're going to subtract the expenses and expenses are just fixed expenses. Let's let's just focus on your light, your water, what you think that your mortgage payment that you can afford. And if you have a surplus, that's great. Right now, yes. we can sit and say, OK, how much money do I want to save for my down payment for my home? Or how much money do I want to save for an emergency fund? How can I allocate it? And it can really start with just $25 a month. And I'll tell you a funny story. When I was in college, that's what I did. I actually saved $25 a month. $25 a month. Wow. When you think about it, it is not a lot of money, right? $25 a month for a college student. And people are saving $300, $400. But I, I tell you this, that $25 a month, over time accumulated to allow me to buy my first home at the yes. age of 24. So I used that $25 a month that I was saving from freshman year all the way up to senior year, all the way up to, to I had my first, you know, first real job out of college mm-hmm. at, at, at Cole's department stores. Um, <laughs> that's not a plug for them. It was just, it was a lot. <laughs> um, and I purchased my first home at 24. So the thing about that is it shows that if you are just persistent and you just really stick to it, that money will grow over time and allow you to accomplish a larger goal. Um, So I would say developing the first step would be is to develop, you know, a budget, understanding what your income is and understanding what your expenses are. And if you have a surplus, that's a good thing. But if you run into that, you do have a deficit. Mm-hmm. Have a come to Jesus moment to yourself. Figure out what expenses can you cut? Like what expenses can you cut back on? On, And then if there's no expenses that you can cut back on and you need more income, one thing that I love to tell people is that if you want more income, follow your passion, right? Yes. So the easiest way to generate more income is to do something that you're passionate about. And something that you're good at too. So if you're good at baking or you're really good at consulting or things of that magnitude, have that as extra income coming in so you can accomplish a larger goal. Absolutely. Of course, when you look at your budgeting, when you look at the plans, it always boils down to the numbers. As I stated, I've been in the financial institution um, or industry for 10 years. And I've worked from with clients who had credit issues to clients who have large amount of wealth. So what that means is that when you go into obtaining a, 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 a property or real estate, basically we're going to look at the credit. So mm-hmm. once you figure out the budget, once you figure out your goals, once you figure out if you have a surplus or a deficit, you then want to take a step to make sure that the credit piece is where it needs to be and take time to actually repair your credit so you can obtain the larger goal of purchasing or being involved in real estate. Yes. So great nuggets there because, you know, oftentimes, and I was going to pivot there if you didn't mention it about, hey, I got a surplus. So that means I can, you know, stash some things and put some things up. But what if I'm working off a a deficiency and I don't have enough money and I'm not making enough money? You know, that's when that entrepreneur spirit (laughs) pops in and drops in and like, sis, you got to get out and you have to go make some more income or pick up another job. You know, there's so many opportunities out here. Like I know 
a lot of people do DoorDash on the side so they don't have to be committed to, you know, having something that they have to clock into. They pick up routes when they have to pick up routes. Instacart is another uh, resource that I've seen a lot of people use, but I'm so with you. Like follow your passion because a lot of times people will pay for your passion. You just have to put it and market it in a way that makes you financially, you know, some money in the, you know, some income that you can add to your portfolio. And, so, and also being transparent, I am I am not a um, two person type of job person. Right. Just being transparent. So what I did in my career was I saw the opportunity where I can make more money. So in my yes. career, I started out as a market leader managing the branches which was a job that, you know, was a lot of work, a lot of hours as well. And the income wasn't as significant as working in wealth. So mm-hmm. I researched and said, okay, with me being in the financial industry, where, where can I move and navigate that I'm going to be passionate about, but it will pay me. So when I saw wealth advisors coming in the branches and they had Louis Vuitton bags and they had <laughs> all these things, I'm like, well, what do you do? Like, <laughs> what do you do for the bank? Because apparently you're making more money than me. So <laughs> I, I got the Coles bag and the Target bag. What you doing with Louis right now? <laughs> me to say, okay, what, you know what, let me go to my manager and tell them this is where I inspire to be. And I promise you every single conversation I had with them, (laughs) I told them, Hey, I want to move to wealth. What do I need to do? They can call me to just check in on a client and what's going on. I was letting them know like, Hey, I'm in school for my master's in wealth and trust management. And at the time I was managing a branch going to school to get a master's in wealth and trust management because I told them this is where I need to be. Yes. And, yes. and, and from there, my income pivoted from managing the branch to being a part of wealth. And then it allowed me to be able to have, you know, different sources of income as relates to real estate. So yes. if you if you're a person that says, okay, I, I work for this uh, institution but I'm not going to drive a Uber because of my safetyness. You know, mm-hmm. I feel safe or feel safe with driving Uber and that's not the route I want to take. Figure out ways of how you can increase your income with the current, you know, industry that you're in and go that route as well. That's really good. That's so good. And that's so true. Everybody's not like a, I have, and then just having the time, you know, most of our listeners are mothers. So you think about it, like I'm already maintaining a full-time job and you talk about entrepreneur or doing another additional job. So just finding ways that they can increase salary at their current job is, you know, phenomenal way to look at increasing income. And then I know, um, you know, we talked about early on when you, when you did your introduction on where you came from and, you know, small town, you know, usually a lot of times when we look at our parents growing up, we were looking at, you know, they were paying bills, they were living paycheck to paycheck. That's the terminology that we used to hear that I used to hear growing up a lot. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to change that trajectory for my children, for my household, for my life with my spouse. Like we was not living check to check. That was not going to be it. You know, so when we think about upbringing, it has a major impact on how we view money. So many times 
you know, we have to get outside of either our city and go to different places to get inspired, to know that we can, you know, have these things and be able to experience these opportunities. You know, what what did you have to do to change your upbringing of money, T, you know, to get where you are today? What things did you have to consciously work through, you know, as you were from, you know, born in Hemingway and had small town, small town mentality, what things did you have to break through mentally in order to get to this point where, hey, I'm deserving of wealth just like everybody else. How do I get it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That, that is a really good question. And I hope my mom do not kill me for saying this, but... <laughs> tell, her, tell her not to listen. Tell her mom's on the podcast. Don't listen though, okay? I'm going to tell her not to listen. <laughs> but um, I can remember growing up and we always had amazing holidays like Christmas. We had toys me and my older sister um we would go and go shopping as far as retail shopping so I can remember like for me the one thing that I had loved to do was shop for clothes mm-hmm. and and that was one thing that I had to kind of like break out of because growing up that was one thing that we did um was you know you, we, we went to JC Penney's and we would shop we had belt girl I'm just like <laughs> amazing not even understanding what my mom was like going through at the time as far as living paycheck to paycheck but she wanted to make sure that we felt loved we felt appreciated and that was her Mm -hmm. way of showing that right so when I grew up I thought okay let me you know shopping and and that was my thing but what changed my mindset was um getting into the financial industry and seeing how individuals operate, right? So, you know, everybody always judge a book by its cover. And I always urge people to not do that. So Mm -hmm. I can remember when I was managing branches, you know, you'll have a client that came in there, they'll drive like a 98 Honda and, you know, their clothes, you know, might not be the best looking clothes, but then you pull up their account and they have millions in investments, right? (laughs) So it was changing like, wait a second, you're not particularly spending your money on your appearance and the way that you're looking. You're not spending your money on. That's so good. On, you know, the vehicle that, you know, as of, you know, up until as of this year, it was a depreciating asset. You know, mm-hmm. you know, now that we're in the pandemic and all of the factors that put in place is appreciating, but you're not spending your money on these high value things. And then you dive deeper and they have the investments that are going to generate passive income. So for me, it was really exposing myself to individuals and figuring out their why, but also understanding why did I think shopping for clothes was the most important thing? How can I utilize this income and this money that I'm making to actually generate passive income and eventually when I have millions, if that's something that I inspire to do as far as shopping or traveling or having a beautiful car, then I can do that. Mm-hmm. But in the process of asset accumulation, not really doing that until I reach a certain mark or instead of shopping every single week or once a month, I would treat myself. Right. So yes. if I if I got a bonus or I had extra income coming in. I would say, okay, I'm going to use this portion to actually treat myself. So I'm still living and doing things that I enjoy doing, but I'm not doing it excessively. Absolutely. That's so good. Yeah. I think it was exposure to the clients that I would see every single day. And then also understanding how wealth is built. Mm -hmm. Uh 
And then having that conversation with my mom to figure out, girl, why you had us in the stores? <laughs> Shopping, shopping every weekend and, and kind of understanding what her mindset was back then when we were growing up. And it was a way that she felt that she can show us that we would love and appreciate it. And, and we was, you know, dressed nice for school, had that five outfit laid out. The first <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, so I think I think that that was like the circling back around for me to understand how. Um, how to change those, those generational things that we were taught. Yes. And, and, and you had the opportunity, which is awesome to be able to see it firsthand and not everybody gets the opportunity. That's why it's so important to have platforms like this to talk about it because not everybody's in that arena of, you know, being able, you being able to see a millionaire, right? Like, Mm -hmm. Hey, his, he has financial assets, he's wearing, you know, Under Armour and he's in a sweatsuit. You know, we always think about, you know, the girl or the guy who has the nice car. Like you said, they're driving Hondas. They're like putting their money in the right places and not investing it in things that drop value quickly, like a car. So it's just amazing to, to know that, you know, you had that opportunity firsthand to be able to say, oh, wait, something ain't right. Like this doesn't connect. And we have to do that. We have to, you know, for our listeners who are mothers, women, you know, we have to change that generational um, continuation of how we deal with finances for, you know, the people that follow us or are behind us or who are in our household to show them that, is something different. You know, wealth doesn't always look luxurious, right? Right. Like it's not always the Gucci bag or the Louis Vuitton bag. Not saying that that's not not a way that you can have it or you can't treat yourself to those things, but true wealth doesn't always look that way. And, you know, oftentimes we struggle with that because we are in a world of social media, you know, where everything is not necessarily what it seems to be. So we have to stop comparing what we see, you know, based on what is actually real. So just being able to have that mindset that, you know, to be wealthy doesn't always look luxury. Like, you know, it may look whatever, whatever people want to call normal or basic, but you may have $10 million in your account and you have freedom from anxiety from, finances. You're not worried about how to pay your bills or you're not worried about how your kids are going to go to college. You're not worried about your retirement because, you know, you're set, but it may not look like that to the next person, but we have to change that, that look on what wealth looks like. Right. And I would, and I would add in, in here, I don't want your listeners to think that you can't have that Gucci bag. Or Absolutely. Absolutely. It, you can, you perfectly can. Now, and, and what I would urge you to do is also think of it as an investment, right? So if you do get that bag, take very good care of it. And when it's time <laughs> for you to upgrade, sell it, right? Exactly. It and then get the money for a new one or just buy it, you know, whenever you want to treat yourself and understanding yes. when to treat yourself and when not to treat yourself and understanding, you know, overall what all of it looks like. I, I've i seen clients who have a lot of money who is dressed down all the way down to Gucci to the toes. I've seen, <laughs> some, I've seen some who has money and it's not their thing. What they enjoy doing is traveling. So traveling, they spend their yeah. money traveling. 
So whatever you define, whatever you define what you like and how you want to treat your treat yourself and uh, reward yourself, do that, right? So, yes. so, but also think of it of a way of accumulating assets and how you could sell a particular, because that's another resale market as well to make money too. Yes, it is. So just think of those things in that avenue as well. So I want to pivot to, um, as we're talking about budgeting and financial planning, you know, you gave some, some basic things. Like we want to start off with the basics so you can grow it. Like what does a budget look like? You know, what does a financial plan look like? You know, you talked about real estate investing, using your credit card effectively, you know, putting a small amount or aside for a stock or something to invest in, to watch it grow. You know, those are ways to build on a financial plan. So, you know, a part of your mission is to, you know, inspire, you know, the community to, really focus on, you know, journaling and taking an initiative on their financial plan. So you created this beautiful journal called the Fly Budget Journal. It's the ultimate budget planning. And, you know, you're giving, you know, kids opportunities to give them scholarships for every book that you're selling. And I think it's just such an amazing platform and way to give back to the community that you're serving. It's everything about your passion and what you do. So it's so inspiring. So I received this journal in the mail and I'll have to tell you ladies, like you will not regret the purchase. I promise you, you will not, you cannot find this journal on Target's shelf not yet, but soon to come, we're going to speak that into existence. And it is, it's beautiful. It really is. I know how women are a lot of times about, you know, nice journals and nice books to write in with nice pens and stuff. This is the journal that you definitely want to pick up. And it just goes through, you know, how to, you know, what's your financial goals? Like, mapping them out for the year. You know, a lot of times we have journals on things and goals that we want to hit, but this one is specifically for financial plans. So it gives you an opportunity to set goals, to um, manage your budget, to write notes and thoughts about your month with your budgeting, to to do a saving tracking, a debt tracking, expense tracking. It's just so much in this journal. So when I received it in the mail, It was packaged so beautiful. You would not receive a journal like this anywhere. So it was boxed and it was wrapped up. I had to unwrap it and um, pull it out of a box. And I just told her I was just so impressed because the quality of, you know, what she's providing, not only what's in it, you know, and how she's presenting it, she has definitely set it to a place where, you know, I can tell that it's something of value that she wants to allow people to experience. So I want to talk about the fly journal because it is super fly. Like (laughs) it really is. You know, why did you create this journal? Who can use it? And, you know, how can it help change, you know, the financial planning or things that, you know, most of us attempt to start, but don't necessarily follow, follow through with it. Right. So it goes back to the title of this series, right? What I wish I would have known, you know, growing up or, or, or back in the day, right? So what inspired me was before 2020 happened, financial wellness was not being taught in the schools or a college course. And I'm so 
grateful that now we're diving more into the conversation, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I think a lot of corporations are being aware of how they're impacting the community. And I think also a lot of schools are being more aware of how 2020 really kind of like had everyone clutching their pearls on if my financial situation is where it needs to be for me even to survive what we're going through, or even if I will survive, right? So over the last five years, I created this platform called FLY, and FLY stands for Financial Literacy for Our Youth. And basically what I do is I partner with different organizations who have students that are in high school, junior, senior year high school, and then also colleges as well to go in and teach financial wellness courses with them. Okay. And these Mm -hmm. courses encompass credit, budgeting, real estate, entrepreneurship, Um, It also talks about um, investing as well. And I teach these courses with these students and these students are allowed to apply for the scholarship and be granted scholarship funds. So the program is doing two things. It is sharing all of this knowledge that I've gained over the last 10 years with our students, our kids, our youth, right? Mm -hmm. Hoping that it would change the generational narrative about finances. That is our motto. And inspire them to reach back and teach their parents about mm-hmm. financial well-being. Because what I noticed with being in the in um, in the financial industry was that it was hard to try to get someone who's 30, 40, 50, 60 years old to change their ideas about and habits about their financial situation. So I thought to myself, if I start younger, These kids will be excited about it. They'll talk about it. And then they'll go home and tell their parents about it. And now their parents are involved. So when you look at it, it's like reverse generational wealth building, right? Yes, yes. And then the second component that it's doing is that we are immediately impacting the students. When I say immediately, I'm giving them scholarship funds to go to school. So now you have all of this knowledge on investing, real estate, entrepreneurship, and you know how to operate and navigate it. And now what I'm doing is giving you money to pay for college tuition, college books, room and board, or even if you decide that you want to, or we have that conversation that you want to open up a brokerage account and start doing that small minimum to invest, we can talk about what that strategy looks like. And the hopes is that it will build a community of students that would share their experience on our Zoom calls together. So you may have someone who's in college and they're majoring in engineering, and you have someone in high school who's interested in engineering, and they connect as well. So there's a lot of factors in the community that we're building, the FLY community Mm -hmm. (laughs) that we're building. (laughs) And when you purchase purchase this budgeting planner, so it's a budgeting planner and a notebook that you could just take notes in and just write down and, and brain dump and all that kind of good stuff. When you purchase these notebooks, all of the proceeds are going towards the scholarship fund. So the students are using the budgeting book. Adults are using the budgeting book. Everybody can use the budgeting book and it will create habits. It is important to create habits. Some people think that they can do a budget one time and be good at it and great at it, but that's not the case. You're going to have to do that budget every single month, and you're going to create a habit of understanding what your financial situation looks like. Yes. And that's the goal is creating habits. You can't go to the gym 
you know, one day out of the week and eat burgers and fries. Um, <laughs> and expect to lose weight. And expect to lose weight. You have to go to the gym on a consistent base, right? And yes. clean and develop these habits in order to see change. So it's the same thing as it relates to your financial goals as well. Yes. When I look at this book, I know, you know, I know your your initial concept definitely, you know, was to put this in the youth's hand, right? Let's change this for generations. But when you really are honest about it, all of this stuff is like, we need this stuff, right? We as adults need the simplicity of your journal just to start to create the habit of doing the basis. So when I look at it, I'm like, man, like, where was this, you know, 10 years ago? You know, but I've learned a lot of things going through my college years. I was blessed and fortunate to have a mentor who, you know, she got me early. So I was budgeting in college. But for those who were never introduced to it, you know, this is a great starting point, like a great place to start with tracking anything as far as your financial budget, you know, consists of or starts with. But, you know, I just... I'm just inspired because, you know, even just thinking about goals, like sometimes we don't necessarily write down our financial goals as much as we write down other goals because finances oftentimes, in my experience as a realtor, finances oftentimes scare people. Like Mm -hmm. they don't like to see their credit. They don't want to know their habits of spending. You know, oftentimes we are ashamed of talking about those things. So just like, you know, we commit to, our health goals and, you know, the gym is packed at the new year time. Like, you know, it needs to be packed that we have financial seminars at the beginning of the year, or we have opportunities on taking classes on how to budget, because this is ultimately just as important as, you know, working out and being healthy. All of those things are a combination of who we are and how we continue to live our lives. So, I'm inspired by this journal. You know, if you want to be fly, you need to pick up the fly budget journal. Yeah. So, you know, you guys would truly be inspired. And, you know, we just thank you for creating it to you, you know, and offering it to, you know, give these things to your girlfriends, to, you know, to your friends, to your youth communities, to your churches, whatever you belong to, you know, start making them, you know, be a part of our you know, generation of how we're going to really inspire the the kids, the youth, the adults around us, you know, make it part of a, a, a group. You know, we have book clubs. Let's do, you know, weekly budget clubs and have an opportunity to be able to impart this knowledge for each other. I love that. So as we are wrapping up, I do, um, I want you to share, you know, with our listeners on your your journey as a, you know, as you continue to build wealth and be inspired in your career and how you've reached out to the community. What are some of your favorite books or resources around money and finances that you would recommend our ladies to listen to that will help them? You know, when I, when I came across this question, I laughed because I'm not a big (laughs) reader. Like if I can be completely honest, I am not (laughs) a big reader, but, but I am a listener. So I love audibles. I listen. Oh girl, you know, moms can't do nothing but audibles. That's it. I was like, oh my God, should I be reading this? Um, but 
But so a couple of things, I went to my audible and I actually kind of like went through the list of a, a couple of things. So when it comes to financial stuff, um, what I listen to every morning, um, you mentioned that you do affirmations every morning. I love that. Um, but one, a part of my routines every morning is I turn on CNBC. It is mm-hmm. the news channel. It follows the start mark, stock market. It follows things that's going on in the world. And it really helps you understand in context and, and help learn terminology as well. Um, as it relates to the stock market. Um, Another podcast that I became aware of is Earn Your Leisure, um, which what I love about this podcast is that one of the individuals is an actual financial advisor, okay? Um, And as a financial advisor, what I love is that this person is held to standards like no other because there are certain things that, as if you have your Series 7 and 66 licenses, you can't just give recommendations out or say you should invest in this and you should invest in that. So you may have came across a lot of individuals calling themselves financial consultants because they took a course. I would urge people to really get your advice from someone who is held to certain standards that they just can't give out certain information without understanding your 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 situation. Yeah. So. Um, earn your leisure. One of the individuals that are a part of that group is an actual financial advisor, worked for a financial institution for 10 years. And then the other individual is a teacher. So they're explaining concepts in a matter of it's teachable. It's, it's in an easy terminology for you to really understand it and implement the courses. I believe they were on Good Morning America as of recently as well. So though that is one of the podcasts that I'm listening to as well, but in my audible, what I am going to start listening to um, this week is The Color of Law. And that book is uh, designed to explain how redlining happened and how truly when it came to restricting um, um, real estate purchases in, mm-hmm. in our community. Um, another book that I have is The Promised Land. Um, and that's by, you know, President Barack Obama. And then um, I don't know if I can say this on the podcast, but it's a book that I have on there that says you are a bad A. OK, so just you can absolutely say that. But okay. <laughs> All right. so you are a badass. Um, <laughs> and basically, it's just, you know, helping you understand the magnitude of who you are. It is important to do that and build that confidence before you go out in that world. So those are a couple of things that I'm listening to on my journey. And like I said, over the last 10 years, I've had the opportunity and I'm so grateful to God to allow me the opportunity to be in the industry, but also take those practices that I've learned from my clients. As far as real estate, I've owned five different real estate investments over the last seven years and looking forward to getting into more um, and creating wealth. So those are a couple of books that I have in my pipeline podcast that I'm listening to um, CNBC um, and I urge you guys to do the same. That's so good. I know I have a resource to a couple of resources that I will mention. Um, there's a young lady named Tiffany that she's called the Budgetista. You know, she has some really good um, resources out there. She created something called the one week budget, learning to create your money management system in seven days or less. I would look her up, see if you can pull some audibles on her as well. Um, Those are just a few things that that I would take and add to, you know, your bag as you continue to get yourself ready for finances. Let's start early in 2022. um, And let's just make it a great year. Let's change the trajectory of how we look at money 
you know, how we talk about money and, um, you know, just create a healthier environment around money so that we can be empowered as we continue to grow. So I want T to let listeners know where she can be found. I think that we've truly just dived into some great content that you guys can use just to create a straight foundation. Don't forget, just order the journal. I promise you, you won't regret it. It's so, you know, just a good way to start off your 2022 with a solid foundation just to get you started. Um, T will drop her um, resources as far as where you can find her at, where you can find the fly journal and how you can order it. And I'll also have it in the show notes. So T, if you can tell them how to find you and how they can get access to the fly journal as well. Absolutely. So my IG is Miss Suits in Heels. That's M-I-S-S-S-U-I-T-S-N-H-E-E-L-S. Um, and that's my personal page. I post a lot of my content on my personal page, but my business page is the Fly Organization. My name, once again, is T Weaver. And for the Fly Foundation website, it is www.theflyyouth.com. So any educators out there, too, that are moms, um, if you're a teacher or you are community leaders, you know, this would be a good program to start, you know, in your communities that you're that you serve in as well. So, T, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for just dropping nuggets that we can continue to carry on. We appreciate you being here and we're going to stay fly. And as we continue to embark on 2022. So we appreciate you. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Rhonda. I appreciate you guys. All right, ladies, until the next time, I will see you on the next episode. Um, Enjoy and have a happy 2022. Until the next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks for tuning in for this week's episode. As always, don't forget to follow us on our Mom Mike social media and Instagram pages. Don't forget to leave us a review and comment about this week's show. And don't forget, give yourself grace, mommies. Until the next time.